The following audio is from Lifehouse Church. We hope you are blessed by this message and encourage you to connect with us on social media or lifehousechurch.org. Well, welcome to Watchlist Week 2, a.k.a. Wonder Woman Week. Uh, I have to start definitely by saying that I am undeniably a comic book fan, a comic book movie fan especially, and Wonder Woman is undeniably one of the most inspirational comic book characters of all time. I doubt it has anything to do with her being a woman, but just in case, shout out to all the Wonder Women watching online here on the campus, at whatever campus you're at. Man, I like to consider myself a lucky kind of husband who seemed to have found himself a Wonder Woman. Yeah, isn't that sweet? No, no, really. No, I actually use the term Wonder Woman with my wife. She's in her closet, frustrated that she can't find a pair of shoes that she knows she owns. I come over to help, and I'm like, well, no Wonder Woman. Like, you got to be able to leap over tall buildings in a single bound to get over your shoe stacks. You know why Watchlist is such a great series, though? It's because a lot of the movies that we cover each year that we have this series are already in the Bible. Yeah, I know Wonder Woman still got it, but y'all, she's old. I mean, thousands of years old. Yeah, her story is actually in the Bible. We're going to get to it. We're going to dive into that today. But before we do it, let me start by asking you a question. Have you ever wanted to do something all the more because somebody said that you can't? How many stories in your life start with, I bet you can't, and even if they end with, I bet you can't walk after trying that, But how many stories in your life like that, when you see a dare, does a dare make you cower or drive you crazy? And you know, more times than not, facing circumstances that maybe we feel like we can't do are going to come up in our life and we're going to to have the need and the desire to fulfill them and to succeed. Don't, Don't be negative. Go over there with all that negativity. Don't tell us we can't do something. We want to win. We want to succeed. We want to achieve. And deep in our hearts, we want to do the impossible. And a lot of times, doing the impossible is more than just proving somebody wrong in a dare. There's many times when we need to do the impossible because our life actually depends on it. If you lost your job to COVID, the last thing you need is somebody's sarcastic good luck as you go job hunting. Like, your livelihood literally depends on your success. If you know that your marriage is the fight of your life, but it's the fight worth fighting, you can't spend emotional energy fighting somebody's opinion of your spouse. No, you need them on your side because your succession in this is detrimental to your life. Don't tell me that God can't do something amazing with my life just because I I come from a disaster. No, my impossible transformation holds my eternity in it. We're going to show you a clip from the first Wonder Woman movie. Now, the the second Wonder Woman movie is supposed to come out in October, y'all. Let's pray for our movie theaters. We don't know if it's going to happen right about now. We may be streaming it. I don't know. But we want to show you a clip from the first one. And by the way, just want you to know, We've gone the Lifehouse extra mile to show you guys these clips from the movies. You're really, really going to love the personal touch that we put on them. But in this scene from Wonder Woman, she and her team, they come to this impossible scenario on the battlefield. 
And the impossibility of it all the more drives Wonder Woman to it, not from it. To the point where she refuses not to succeed. Take a look at this clip real quick. As Steve and Diana move through the trench, a woman crying for help reaches out to grab Diana, pleading with her to recognize the devastation of her village and the people who now enslaved them. Burdened by the pain of innocent people entrenched in this war, Diana insists that they defend the people and face the German army just across the battlefield. Steve, certain that she does not comprehend the impossibility of crossing the battlefield to the enemy trench, that no man could cross the plain. He pleads with Diana to keep moving with their mission. But Diana is overwhelmed with the conviction to do what she knows is right. Determined at any cost to help the victims of the war, Diana refuses to walk away, turning instead toward the battlefield. She reveals her warrior armor and climbs unwavering out of the trench, striding calmly towards her enemy, deflecting one by one, futile shots from rifles in all directions. Her fearful comrades watch in amazement and disbelief. As the German soldiers align and increase fire, so her stride increases, pausing only to draw endless fire upon herself as her team, now confident, emerges to rush the German trench. As the brigade follows, Diana leads the way, leaping toward the village beyond the trench to complete her mission and liberate those in captivity. Crossing the no man's land was an impossible task. But as her heart broke for a, a greater reason than herself to pursue it, the impossibility drew her to it. Let me ask you, what's your impossible battle? What's the one that maybe you're on the backside of? Thank God you can take a breath. Or, or maybe you're in it right now where you can see it coming on the horizon. You know it's going to face you any day now. Is it something physical? Sometimes diagnosis can seem impossible. Or even if there's a way to treat it, paying for it can seem impossible. Praying for the heart of someone that you love to change over and over and over again, it begins to come impossible. I told you Wonder Woman's story was in the Bible, and I'm going to take you there right now. I want to take you into the book of Judges, and I want to introduce you to Wonder Woman. Yeah, only her name's not Diana. Her name is Deborah. So I want you to meet Deborah. Her story takes place in the book of Judges. And what you need to know about the book of Judges, this is a time when we will meet God's people, the Israelites. And during this season of Judges, they didn't have a king. They had a judge who would rule over them that he appointed. Well, Deborah was one of them. She was a warrior and she was a leader. And I want to take you into this scenario where she too is confronted with this impossibility. She and the Israelites live in an impossible situation where there was another nation that oppressed them. And they were outnumbered. And there was no way for them to actually ever overcome them. And one day, 
being a prophet, God speaks to her and says, Deb, she my girl, I'm Deb, what's up, Deb? Today's the day. Today's the day. And before I go any further, I want to pause right there. And wherever you're watching, whatever campus you're tuning in from, online, here, wherever, I want you to, in your mind, in your heart, if you know where I'm about to go, I want you to say this, today is the day. Today's the day. God speaks to Deborah. Let me take you in to the book of Judges. This is in chapter 4, verse 6. He, he tells her, listen, we're going to go ahead and step to your impossible battle. I know it seems impossible, but we're going to face it head on. It's time to stand up to this thing. No more. No more does it get to win. And so she gives, he, God gives her instructions. And when he gives her instructions, she knows it's time to move into battle. So she sends for one of her commanders named Barak. Let's find out what happens. She sent for Barak, the son of Abinoam from Kadesh, and Nephtali, and said to him, the Lord, the God of Israel. Pay attention to those words. I'm sure whatever translation you went into the Bible that you would see it somewhere with this kind of weight. The Lord, the God of Israel, commands you. Go, take with you 10,000 men of Nephtali and Zebulun and lead them to the Mount Tabor. I will lead Sisera. This is the commander of their opposing army. I will lead Sisera, the commander of Jabin's army, with his chariots and his troops to the Kishon River, and I will give him into your hand. Anytime you see God say, I will give them into your hands, he's promising you victory. Do you remember that Pixar movie where there was an old man playing chess with himself? Am I dating myself? How old is that? That's God. He's moving his pieces, and he's moving the other pieces, and he's promising victory. And so what, what Deb did when she called in Barak to tell him this, she gave the linebacker speech. God, please let us have football this year. But you know, before the game, the linebacker's in the center of all the defense, and he's hyping him up, and he grabs one of them, pulls him in by the face mask, and he's slapping the shoulder pads. He's like, let's go. Are you ready? We're going to win today. And he's like, yeah. Listen to Barak's response. Barak says to her, uh, so what you got going on later? I mean, is you busy or you free? He said, because, because if you go with me, I will go. But if you don't go with me, um, I'm not going. Now, let's not judge the dude. Because I feel like a lot of us can relate to this. I'm going to break this apart a little bit. But Deborah came to him with the greatest news possible. And she was trying to sum it all up with this, saying, listen, I know that you see the odds stacked against you. I know that you feel like with us being outnumbered and out-charioted and, and, and less people and less skills, that we're bringing a knife to a gunfight. I know you see ninjas, and over here you see a beginner's karate class. I know the odds are stacked against us. Maybe that's how we feel. That every possible force is against everything we're trying to achieve, and it's something that we feel like we have to be pursuing, but man, it just keeps building up against us, against our favor. And Deb was trying to tell him this, consolidated into this. She was trying to say, listen, I know it's against, I know the odds are against us, but against all odds, it's all God's. No. Isn't, just say it. Against all odds, 
It's all God. Like, this is one of those cute passing phrases. This is the reason why we come to church, y'all. So you can be giving catchy little phrases like this, and you can write it down on whatever notepad you have, or tweet it, or whatever, or take a photo of it. This is, this is so catchy. Only a rap artist could come up with something like this. But Spence, when I leave here today, or when I get done scrolling and turn off the Lifehouse online, man, how does this actually help me? Where does this sword actually clash with this shield in my life? All right, I'm going to break it down. We're going to dive into this, but I got to be honest. Um, I'm feeling a little like my man, Barrick. I really feel like there's no way I was going to try to undergo and to take on a Wonder Woman sermon. I'm like, Barrick, if you go with me, you, if you go with me, I'll go. There was no way I was going to take on a Wonder Woman sermon without inviting one of our Lifehouse Wonder Women to join me. So if you guys would please, would you make some noise for Sharia? Sharia, come on up here. Have a seat, Ray. So Sharia, I, I love this story of Deborah. She's this Wonder Woman brought to life because the Bible is true, right? You know, we know Wonder Woman is, is a comic, but this, this lets us actually like see her for real. And she's got superpowers, but they're through God, so they're real. And I feel like she brings in Barrick and she's trying to let him know, listen, I know we have an impossible fight against us, but God's already given us the victory. And I felt like what he did I felt like he did something that we all do. I felt like he saw her confidence about something. And when he didn't have it, and everything shut down. There's no way I can take this on. I'm not as good as her. I mean, I, I'm not as good as the next person that could have done it. I, I'm not even sure that I should be fighting this fight. Because he said, if you don't go with me, I, I'm going to go home and play PlayStation. Like he said, I'm, I'm not, I have no reason to be here unless you come with me. But here's what I want to lean into. We see Deborah in her Wonder Woman uniform in this scene. But you can't tell me, especially in this time in history, that a woman leader at that moment, a warrior and a leader and a prophet for a woman in that time, to be standing confident that that was the way it always was. There's no way that coming up through her journey that she didn't have haters and doubters and people to say, I ain't listening to you. Did you remember what gender you are? Like all of that type of thing. There's no way. And, and, and leadership is one of the impossible journeys that any of us could take, male or female. Being a coach, being a boss, being a manager, being a team captain. And the reason why, Sharia, I wanted to talk to you about this is what many people don't know is Sharia is our worship pastor. Worship is a big part of our service. It could take literally like to a third or a half of it almost. And this is a moment where we get close to God and express our love and worship is powerful. And you, on any given Sunday, are responsible for three different teams at three different locations to be able to carry out that same powerful worship. How many volunteers do we have in worship? About 40. About 40, which commercial was not enough. Hint, hint. <laughs> okay, you sitting on your guitar, shame on you. <clears throat> Sharia, I feel like sometimes... Someone like you, a leader, lead songs, um, play every instrument up here on the stage, and you're our worship pastor. You're a leader for, the, for this Lifehouse community. You're vital. 
um, I feel like, you know, people see that, like we see Deborah in this moment, and they don't know, though, that just like Deborah, I'm sure, even though we saw her in that scene, there was a journey. They don't, they don't know that you had one. When we needed a worship pastor, we didn't go find your resume. Sheree and I have been in Lifehouse for a long time. She did not come here like that. You had a journey as well, didn't you? Yeah, absolutely. It's been quite a journey. I've been, yeah, I've been at Lifehouse for 11 years this year, which is crazy and awesome. It's really fun. Um, and she so ain't going I, nowhere. <laughs> no, I love this place so much. Um, when I first came here, when I first joined the worship team, I actually joined as a drummer, and I didn't tell anybody that I sang for quite some time. Um, and so it took several years for me to really step into leadership and Honestly, even then, really the way that it happened was someone else saw something in me that I didn't. Uh, the worship pastor who was here at the time sat me down one day and was just talking to me about my, my journey and my progress and my strengths and weaknesses and, and said that he saw potential in me to become a worship leader and asked if I wanted to train to do so. And I was like, are you kidding? <laughs> I like laughed Kinda bare, at him. Right? I legitimately laughed at him. Um, but he told me that I needed to go home and pray about it, that I needed to hear it from God, not just him. And so I did. And I'm having this conversation, and I'm like, God, is this what you're really asking me to do? And he put this memory. Because did it feel at all impossible? Absolutely. I did not think that I was leadership material at all. And so I'm, I asked God, you know, is this what you want me to do? And he put this memory in my head of probably five years prior to that. I was 15 or 16 at the church that I was at previous to Lifehouse. Um, small, beautiful, wonderful church that I love so much. And our youth group was really, really tiny, but there was a brief period of time when I was leading the youth band. And honestly, it was such an insignificant experience to me at the time that I completely forgot about it. It was out of my brain. And so I'm having this conversation now, and God reminds me of this, and he says, I've been trying to tell you since then that you were supposed to be a worship leader. And so granted, I did say yes to training to become a worship leader, obviously, um, but I had so many reasons to say no. I had so many insecurities and fears that would have made it easy to say no. I am a natural introvert. I was really shy and quiet at the time, I had a weak voice. It was actually kind of a joke growing up. My sister and I have been singing together forever. My sister is the music director here, and she drew the pictures that you saw, so shout out to her. Um, yeah. So she and I have been singing together my whole life, and it kind of became a joke that every time we would go somewhere, she'd have to tell the sound guy to turn my microphone way up to even hear me. Um, so I had that, and I'm, I was young, inexperienced, I'm a girl, you know, all of these reasons to say no. And so when I'm having this conversation with God, I'm like, I think you got this wrong, man. Like, I can't do this. I can't. And I so very clearly remember him saying, yeah, but I can. Wow. But I can. And that's when Philippians 4.13, hey, hey. Um, became not just a cliche verse that people get tattooed on them. It became real mm -hmm. and personal mm -hmm. that I can do all things through him who gives me strength, that with everything or with nothing, I am content because I can do all things. And so I felt like, not that I had everything, I felt like I had nothing to offer God, but he was still telling me that I can do this. And um, that's actually one of the points that we wanted you to take away today. And what I wanted to say to you is you can 
because God can. You, I want to say it. Yeah. You can. You can because God can. And that's, I mean, that's one of the biggest lessons that I've learned in my time in leadership. And I say it to my team all the time. I say, do not let the word can't become a part of your vocabulary. Don't. Because it's, what you're doing is you're not just addressing your limitations and trying to be humble about it. You're actually putting limits on God and what he can do through you. Yep. And you're putting him in a box and you don't want to do that. And so when it comes to our calling or his plan for us, whatever it is, that calling is going to supersede our ability every single time, say always. No, no, say that again. I need to hear that. Our, that calling will supersede our ability every single time, always. That's how you know it's God. Yeah, exactly. And he does that on purpose. He does that on purpose because not to make us feel inadequate, but instead to have us rely on him, to lean on him, that he wants us to come to the end of ourselves so that he can go from there so that he's the one that gets the glory for it. If everything that we're doing is within our own strength and our own comfortability and we're just getting the credit and the praise for it, it's probably not big enough. Sorry, but that's, that's the reality. But on the other hand, if what God is calling you to seems big and impossible and really hard and really scary, good, <laughs> good sign. It's probably from God. Yeah. It's probably from him. And so when it comes to having insecurities and fears, I mean, that's a human thing to feel, but man, God is not okay with us putting down our authority just because we don't feel good enough. He doesn't want us to settle for that or compromise for that. And he's worth me putting those things aside. He's worthy of me being all that he has created me to be and nothing less. He is worthy of you being exactly who he created you to be. Yes. And nothing less, nothing less. And so I, you know, I had to ask myself this question and I'll ask you today, you know, are you projecting your own limitations on God's plan for you? Because so often we can end up being our own worst enemy about that. It's, it's great that you say that. There's, there's a scene in Wonder Woman where Wonder Woman came in the story. She came to our planet and got involved in World War I because she believed she was chasing down Ares, the god of war, right? And so she was determined that if she found him and destroyed him, that mankind would cease all war. Well, when she finds who she thinks is him and defeats him, she is distraught, broken, downcast because she can't understand why this war is still continuing. And there's this scene where she's arguing with Steve, and he understands, he knows, he's trying to tell her, listen, I still need your help, please come fight this. And she's in denial, like, no, like, this was not supposed to be. And he says, listen, I'm sorry you think this is something you can blame it on someone else, but what if it's not? What if it's us? What if we're just not that good? And that is the unfortunate news we were never meant, I just, I did my aunt's funeral this week, and the first thing I said was like, we were never meant to be in this beautiful structure, meaning a casket. We were never meant to do, we were never meant to die, and along the way, we were never meant to face everything you just named, Sharia, insecurities, doubts, fears. They were not from God. They are an infection spiritually caused by what the Bible calls sin. It's our natural desire to go against God. And our enemy, not Aries, but Satan, he can only use that. He can only use our brokenness against us that when it's time for us to face something impossible that God has called us to do, uneasy or not, he will use our own brokenness to sabotage it. And the worst thing about sin is not only that it breaks us now. This life is only the previews. 
And I'm not doubting, I'm, I'm not dissing that because I love the previews. I get disappointed when I show up to the film and I've missed what's coming out next. So I love this life, but this life is only the previews. Eternity is the feature presentation and it goes and it continues. And what sin does is takes us away from God for eternity. And I know we don't like to think about God in that setting, but think about Corona. There's not one of us here right now that wouldn't purify this thing if we had the cure in our hands. And that's how God is with sin. He has to destroy it. And unfortunately, we were attached to it and we needed, in like comic book fashion, Sharia, we needed a hero. We needed Jesus. Yeah, and I was, I've seen Wonder Woman a million times, but I watched it again this week um, in preparation for this weekend, and I got emotional in that first scene that we saw, um, you know, because the, when I picture what Jesus did for us, it's much like that scene. It's, you know, when she's crossing this impossible chasm and no man's land, and she's taking the shots of the enemy so her army can come behind her untouched. You know, that's what Jesus did for us. Yeah. And when we have faith in him, we can be that army coming behind him, walking in confidence, in confidence. And he's already done that. He's already gone before us. He's already done the big and impossible. So why would we let our insecurities keep us back in those trenches, you know? And all our insecurities are is us believing the enemy's lies about ourselves. That's all it is. And the thing about Satan is he doesn't actually have a whole lot of authority unless we give it to him. So don't give it to him. Believing his lies just creates realities that were never meant to be. If I believed the enemy's lies about myself, my life would have looked a lot different than it does right now. And maybe God still would have blessed that path, but it wouldn't have been his full potential for me. And I hope that I'm walking in his plan A for my life. But I could have believed those things. And he, the enemy wanted me to believe that I wasn't leadership material, like I said. He wanted me to believe that an introvert couldn't pastor people. He wanted me to believe that a meek person couldn't lead a team. He wanted me to believe that a shy person couldn't get up on stage and have authority. He wanted me to believe that I couldn't grow my voice to sing the powerful songs I wanted to sing. He wanted me to believe that only a man could lead a ministry. Mm -hmm. He wanted me to believe that a young person couldn't warrant respect. He wanted me to believe that only strong, extroverted, type A personality people could be in leadership, and that's not true. Those people will rise into leadership a lot easier and faster because that's a part of their God-giftedness, right? And we should celebrate that always, but it doesn't mean that they're the only ones that are called to it. Right. It just means that God has to just all the more show up through someone like me, that I, I have to maybe work harder, that I have to rely on him and lean on him even more. And, man, I see that as a, as a blessing, not a hindrance. I see that as a, my leaning in him as a strength, not a weakness. Yeah. And so I really had to reckon with the fact that those statements that I just said were not true, that the first half of them were true, and that I couldn't change them, and God didn't want me to change them, that I am an introvert and a woman and young and all of those things, but the second half of them are not true, that I can't, I can't, I can't. And so I didn't feel like I had to change these things that... I didn't feel like I had to become someone else yeah. in order to do that. That I just had to come to God as I was in my type B personality-ness and surrender it to him and allow him to push me outside of it. And that, this is the part that I really want to emphasize, if that's okay, is that he will push you outside of it. I said earlier that we come to the end of ourselves so that God can go from there, but that doesn't mean that we stop there and we just say, okay, God, now you take it from here, I'll sit back, <laughs> just hang out. That's not the case. He pushes us 
outside of what's comfortable. And he does that to me every day. <laughs> and I, because I had to train and I had to learn new skills and learn new instruments and I had to do things that were really uncomfortable and scary, like talking to people <laughs> and like this. <laughs> it's like, but they're so essential to his plan for me. And so it has been a journey and it's been really hard sometimes, but like I said, he's worth it. And man, he just shows up through my life all the time and I just have to continually combat the enemy's lies with God's lasso of truth, essentially. Yeah, and because his lies right now would have you believe. The same way that you went down a list, Sharia, of lies that he would have you believe. He would have you believe right now that your, your fight that you're facing, whether it's a crisis or an opportunity, your impossible trench between an enemy is not worth fighting or taking on. You're not equipped for it. It's going to destroy you. Just quit. That's who you have you believe today. But like, let me go back to this verse. Deb, is, Deb went to Barrick. Wonder Woman is confronting all of you this weekend. Deborah. Deborah is talking to all of you. And, and she was trying to tell him exactly what you said, Shreya, that you can because God can. If God has done the impossible and brought us back from an eternal ruin, there's nothing he can't do for us in this breath right now. Nothing. And she was trying to get this into his head. Okay, so he makes a human mistake and he's like, okay, but you, you got to come with me. If, you, if you're saying that, I see you got all that lasso truth, you're coming with me. Okay, fine. He, he showed his humanity. Nothing wrong with that. Let me show you something that he does. Let me give you a sword and a shield today. The first thing he did was he asked for help. In your impossible battle, it's okay that you ask for help. He said, look, I can't go alone. You got to come with me. That's totally okay. He gets two points. He asked for help, and he asked a woman. Points. My man gets points. Okay? You can ask somebody for help. You may need professional help, medical help, psychiatric help, coaching help. You may need help for your impossible battle. But here's the main thing. And this is what Deborah, this is if, because at the end, he said, look, if you don't go, I'm not going. That's what he was not allowed to say. Today, you were not allowed to say, but God, what if you don't give me enough help? No. If God is all you got, you got all you need. That's what you need to know. And I know, oh, here's another one of those statements again. Listen, I got to stand up on this. What if that's true? What if you literally have nobody who understands what you're going through? I mean, there's plenty of things. There's nothing new under the sun. Everybody can relate to something, but just sometimes you get help. You get people come along, come aside, you give you resources, and there's just these dark moments when it doesn't matter who's in the next room or on the end of your phone. You just feel alone. And it all the more adds to the impossibility of your journey. God is all you got. You got all you need. If he's done the impossible, he will do it in your impossible situation. Yes, you can. You can pray truth out of a lie. Yes, you can be kind in the face of hatred and racism. Yes, you can bring something back to life that was dying like a relationship or a friendship or a business. God, my heart breaks for businesses right now. I know some of you right now personally are scared to death that you're about to lose your dream. 
God is all you got. You got all you need. But let me ask you finally before we close today, do you, I'm going to use improper grammar on purpose just to stick with the theme. Do you got God? Do you have God today? When I talked about sin and, and Sharia painted this beautiful picture from Wonder Woman about what Jesus did for us. Do you have that today? Is God on your side? Because I got to be honest, you got a right to be scared if you don't have him on your side. More than just what's happening in this life. But you can have him today. You can have God on your side simply by putting your faith in Jesus. And listen, if you make the decision today to put your faith in Jesus, please tell us today. Will you shoot us a text? Will you shoot us a text of Jesus to 41411 and let us know that you made a decision to trust Jesus? Maybe you don't want to go away from your device to get to your phone app. That's fine. Go into the comments and tell us, I said yes to Jesus today. Please let us know. I said earlier that today's the day. That today is the day that you decide to face your impossible with God on your side, beside you and going before you. You know what's great about Deborah's story? Hop up here, Sharia. Come on, just, you'll see, you guys will see why I asked her to be out here today. Deborah's story takes place in chapter four. And in chapter five, she shows us another aspect of herself. Not only was she this warrior princess, but she was also apparently a Grammy award-winning singer-songwriter because chapter five is this beautiful song that she writes out of the story that they, God does give them the victory. Go back, go read chapter four. I'll spoil it for you. God gives them the victory. It's in a really gross Mortal Kombat way too, so you might want to go read it. It's really awesome. We didn't get to it today, but God gave them the victory. And in, and in chapter five, Deborah sings about it. But here's the thing. Deborah was singing this song long before she wrote these lyrics down. This was her life. I made jokes about these little statements that we give you today. They can't be your statement. They have to be your song. That means you have to pray before you petition. You have to speak God's word over your life when there's a war for your life. You have to be faithful even though you're fearful. You got to be determined and dedicated even though you're doubtful. It has to be your song. It has to be your song. And so, in the spirit of Deborah, Sharia, I want us, wherever you're at, where you stand with us, on our campuses, watching online even, if you're driving, you need to pull over on the side of the road and hop out of the car, it doesn't matter. Stand to your feet and plant your feet. Grip your sword, hold your shield. Yes, it's impossible. Not if you have the God of impossibility fighting for you. So right now, what we're gonna do is go into a battle cry, and that's what we need, we need a battle cry. Sharia. Our worship, I'm so proud of you. Our worship pastor, take us in the battle. We're gonna go in as warriors of worship. Will you join us in battle? Fight your impossible fight. Come on, Ray. Our fight is with weapons unseen. Your enemies crush to their knees as we rise up in worship when trials unleash like a flood the battle belongs to our God as we cry out in worship the victory 
Thank you for listening to audio from Lifehouse Church. We believe that through Christ, life change happens here. So we invite you to connect with us further by visiting lifehousechurch.org.